We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Light Years. Andy Lou. It's happy hour. Uh, sources say you have a cocktail in your hand. Recording this Wednesday, August 10th at 5 p.m. Um, yeah, man. Seven, it's yeah. 78 degrees, brother. That's the, the only thing I need is, is a cocktail. So let's, let's, let's <laughs> it is, go. It is, it is pretty gorgeous right now. I can't complain. Life is good. We got the schedule released for the Warriors when they're going to Japan. Mm. Is Japan going to be the new excuse all year? <laughs> remember, remember when they went to China? I, I, you know that that, you know, it it felt like that season. Steve Kerr was finding a way to complain about anything. It felt like that was one of the most miserable Warrior season. Even though obviously they were, that was 2019, right? So it's like they were 18. favorites to win the title every, every step of the way. 18. Oh, 18. So they actually did end up winning, but. Yeah, that was uh, – it was not a fun time, uh, the, the Warriors. Uh, no, they went into – they went into – they went into relax mode. Steph missed half the year with various injuries. You could see KD was starting to get a little unhappy. Um, the Rockets were legit. <laughs> that series right. was – that series was a grind. I mean, it was – it was a tough series. I won't say it was enjoyable basketball because of the way the Rockets played, but it wasn't. This is a damn competitive series, that's for sure. Um, but anyway, that's the past. You know, I was thinking with you, what what should we do until, you know, Warriors go to camp, which will be, I think, September 24th. So we still got six Correct. weeks. And I think, you know, they want a title. We should use these next few weeks to celebrate that title and just kind of talk through some of our favorite moments of the season. Thank Unless you. Unless there's breaking news, what else you want to do? We might as well relive it. <laughs> Warriors want a title. Times are good. This is the fun of winning a title. We're not complaining about Kent Bazemore. We're not complaining about <laughs> Michael Mulder. We're having some fun. Um, so, I, so I want to start here. I figured a fun t- – actually, one of our listeners, and I really apologize for not remembering who, mentioned we should do kind of like favorite games of last season. And so it got me thinking, let's start with this one. When did you know the Warriors were for real last year, Andy? Because – 
for me, there was like multiple games, but th- this is kind of a fun one to to discuss. All right, you want me to go first because I, I have a lot of games that I can pick from, and I'm, I I can I can throw one out there, and then and then you can you can uh, you can pick another. But the first actually, one, yeah, I actually think I want to go first just because <laughs> I think I think you think you know what I'm going to say. Oh, you think you know no, what I'm going to say? No, you know what I'm going to say, so it it's only <laughs> makes sense for me to go first. I'm going opening day against the Lakers. Mm. Um, so if you think about it, after the 2020-21 season, they lose the play into the Lakers, kind of a miserable season. They don't really do anything cool in free agency. They make a few marginal moves. We we kind of felt like Otto was going to be a better fit. Um, you know, GP2 makes the roster. Uh, they get belly. They, they just do a few things, which which kind of makes sense. But they didn't do much to shake up the roster. Most of us wanted them to make a bigger move. and. The Lakers obviously beat them in the play-in. Now, I remember that game. Steph didn't play well. But if I told you after the 2020-2021 season, Steph would go 5-for-21 from the field. He did have a, a triple-double, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. But, he, you know, 5-for-21 shooting, couldn't hit a shot for most of the night. And Anthony Davis would go 15-for-26 for 33 points. And LeBron would go 13 for 23 for 34 points, and he made five threes. Would you pick the Warriors to win that game? No. I think everyone everyone thinks how the season ended and how funny it was for the Lakers, but on opening night, they looked like a contender. LeBron looked as good as he ever did. Anthony Davis looked phenomenal in that game. And yet the Warriors not only beat them, they beat them in a game where Steph really wasn't that effective as a scorer. A thing I could not have seen coming the year before. And that was a moment where I'm like, this team's different this year. You know, Jordan Poole hit some big shots in that game and he kind of built upon last year. I'm like, he's taking a step. He looks like he's taking a step. Defensively, they looked like peak Warriors in that game. LeBron AD hit absurd mid-range and three-point shots that were just kind of like, well, if they're going to hit those, what do you want us to do? But the Warriors took everything else away. And and as the game went on, they won that one. And for me, that was when I was like, you know what? Something's different. This isn't a this isn't a playing team. That's when I knew. It was it was immediate. Uh I was gonna go with this game too. This was on the top of the top three, four options. Um, I remember watching this game. Uh I was at I was at a Tanache uh concert, Sam. I was watching on my phone. Uh, not that I'm a Tanache fan, but that that's what I was doing. Uh, and then I look, and then I skip, I skip the game for like 10 minutes uh, coming after half, and uh, and the Warriors take a big lead. This was the M- Nemanja Bjelica game. Remember that? Yeah. Remember when he's throwing dimes and he's handling the ball? I, I feel like this looking, might have been looking the like best. Jokic. I was like, what is going on? And when I rewatched the game in the middle of the night, and, and this might have been his best game all the way until uh, until he locked up Luca. <laughs> Uh, uh, in the in the postseason, the second round or the third round there, which we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, this was also one of the games where it felt like uh, the Warriors just had a lot more depth and they were just a lot smarter. I mean, you, you looked at Andre Iguodala who came back. That's pretty obvious. He had one of his better games of the season, probably because he's not worn down yet. That was the first one, right? But it was it was just immediate. Damian Lee played well. Um, it was just it was just good good bench. Uh, smart a smart team, which is the opposite of what we saw the season before right and the lakers like you said dude, like they came in the lakers had the number one odds to win the title coming into the season so for me 
coming into that game, it felt like, well, the Warriors are, are probably going to lose this one. And you we- just try to look as good as possible. And and by the time the game ended, it wasn't close. The Warriors actually beat them pretty handily by the time the game was over. And we all know how LeBron likes to play versus the Warriors. He had that. He had that. I'm trying in every facet of the game. LeBron mode going on. Um, I don't care what their record is or anything like the way the season played out. It's kind of funny, but end of the day, there's always that little added competitiveness with him. I also want to call out um, the Warriors. Maybe we didn't put enough stock into this one, but the Warriors out rebounded the Lakers. The Lakers were gigantic. That's kind of always been their thing with Anthony Davis and LeBron bigger than you type of thing. And Wiggins had a great game rebounding. Obviously, Steph did his thing. Draymond did his thing. Bielitsa. But it was kind of a precursor. When I look back on it, it's a little bit of a precursor for how the season went, where they were really a complete team. You know, Looney is a great rebounder, but they gang rebound. You know, it might be Wiggins one night. It was Wiggins a lot in the playoffs. Might be Steph another night. Might be Clay chipping in down the line. Um, As a defense, they're a team defense. Obviously, Draymond is... The brain's behind it, but Wiggins great on the perimeter. Um, you know, Looney's a good defender. Steph had his best defensive season. It was just a precursor of things to come, and I think it adds to it. Steph had a million iconic games this season, including the finals, which, I mean, I still don't think he gets enough credit for how ridiculous good he was in the finals. But a hallmark of title teams is your ability to win when your best player is not making shots. And that's what this game was for me. It was just kind of, it was a precursor that they're, this isn't the team of the season before where they need 40 from Steph just to be in the game. This is a team that as long as they're playing smart, it's okay if Steph doesn't shoot well. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that was Jordan Poole's emergence too. You talked about that earlier, who uh, kind of started off the season pretty hot through the first 20 games when the Warriors went 18 and two. And I think that's, for me, the next game that – this one's pretty obvious. Uh, I think this was a Showtime game. Now, if you remember, uh, going into Christmas, the Warriors had already played the Suns a couple times. They already played them twice. The first time uh, the first time they lost, uh, Jordan Poole was kind of the only guy that showed up. They were pretty bad. Uh, the Devin Booker uh, kind of pulls his hammy, and the game gets a little bit close. Phoenix pulls away with it. It was kind of a weird game overall. Then they go home. After that, and the Warriors pretty much put the beat down on him. That was the game where JTA gets a dunk over JaVale. But there's no Devin Booker, so you're kind of sitting there, and you're like, okay, this these two powerhouses still haven't really played a full game together. So fast forward to Christmas, and you've got a game where the Warriors are still missing a bunch of people. Obviously, Clay Thompson's not playing. Um, COVID. Then, that was a COVID. That was a COVID right. game. Uh, Quindary Witherspoon. Played a bunch of big minutes, right? You remember that game, JTA? On a 10-day. Yes. Quindary, Quindary was signed a few days before because they didn't have enough roster players. Because, And let me let me just throw this out there because I'm looking mm-hmm. at it right now. Mm-hmm. Poole on the COVID list. Mm-hmm. Wiggins on the COVID list. Clay yep. obviously hadn't been back. But there's, your, there's all your best twos and threes. Andre injured. Um, Damian Lee, who is still heavy in the rotation, was on the COVID list at that point. I mean, they were – they were really down like all their wings. And yet they play yeah. Otto at the three. That's the thing I forgot about. I forgot Otto started at the small forward in that game. Uh and and that and to me it was like that was that was probably the best game that he played in all regular season. And then it felt like he vanished with a foot injury all the way into the postseason, right? And the dude struggled. But that was the game where again, 
it's the depth stuff where you're the depth stuff where you're just like they had so many smart players. Otto Porter hit one of the biggest shots of the game. Um, he was superb, especially defensively. You and I started to sit here and be like, dude, is Otto Porter actually a five? Like, is, is he a dude that can actually get rebounds with the bigs? Like, are we actually worried about DeAndre Aiden? You and I sat here all season. Everybody was like, DeAndre Aiden, Aiden, Aiden he's going to be a problem. And we're just like, I don't, I don't know. We just watched Otto Porter kind of take it to him. Draymond Green obviously takes it to him every single time. And so um, we sat here after the Warriors win that game. And you're just like, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of what you expected, uh, what the what the Warriors would do against a Chris Paul-led team. I think another thing that was key, too, is uh, we felt that, Devin Booker, despite being probably one of the the brighter stars in the NBA, had a pretty tough go of it against elite wing defenders that the Warriors put on him, like GP2. And Weatherspoon really had a good few minutes on him, too, and then JTA played as well. And I think that was always something where we always felt as great as the Suns were in the regular season when it comes down to kind of these, these big moments. It never felt like Devin Booker was that Kyrie type of guy, KD type of guy. LeBron type of guy. It's he never felt like he was that type of player, um, and, and that game kind of showed a lot of it. Yeah, um, and and I appreciate you bringing up GP two because um, it was around this part of the season where he basically kicked Damian Lee out of the rotation. Damian Lee actually played really well the first month of the season, but GP two got just, like hurt. He got hurt. Yeah, so and then GP two played so well, and it's just kind of like. The way GP2 was playing, there was just no getting the position back. And he kind of forced Kerr into playing him 20 minutes a game. They have a lot of guys who play those positions, but he was so good and he fit well that they had to, you know. And this was one of those Hallmark games where you were like, you know, he's not a great shooter. He's not a ball handler, but he just he just does stuff defensively that you need out there and he can do enough on offense to to make it work and a lot of that's like Steph's genius and kind of the IQ of the guys around him making it work but it still happened and like you said I distinctly remember him making both CP3 and especially Devin Booker's lives hell in that game and it was like a big time like hey we're missing our starters on the wings, we're missing the first three guys we would put on Devin Booker. Like the first option would have been Wiggins. The second option would have been Clay. The third option probably would have been Iguodala. They went with like the fourth option and he still shut him down. And, you know, that's unfair to GP2 because I think by the end of the season, he would have been probably the second option behind Wiggins on said matchup. But yep. the point stands, it's just kind of it like it was one of those games that showed you a lot of depth on that roster. There's more depth than we give credit for on that roster. And one of the, would you say, top two or three Jonathan Kaminga game? I would say probably the best Kaminga game. I mean, he had some good games. Yeah, with Lewis, yeah it's right? when, you can, right. when you consider the stakes, top yep. two to three. Like, he, he had 20-point games in, like, regular season against the Knicks type of stuff. Right. But, like, national TV, a game that we think matters, that was a that was kind of like, a, you know, did, was that the game he wore the the pink sweatsuit? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. It was my guy. That's my guy. You would know. Well, that that was the one too where he's smiling, uh, trying to go up against a dunk against that against that team. I mean, that's national TV night game prime time. Uh, I mean, probably didn't know if he was going to play, and then COVID happens. All of a sudden, he's in the rotation because I mean, after that he game, played he played twenty. Stopped. He played twenty one minutes. He played the most minutes off the bench of anyone. 
So yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like he it's not like after that game, all of a sudden he's playing 20 a game or even before that. Right. So it was kind of like a spot start with no rhythm. And he just goes in there and he's plays big, big, big time minutes. Um, so that, that was that was a cool part of it, too. To me, though, like you say, I, I think the, the big theme out of all these games to me is just at least in the regular season so far, it's just there were a, this was a perfect fitting team. Uh, defenders that fit like GP2, uh, role players that are going to play a role in these games like Bielitsa, Otto Porter, um, that matter, that are smart, and none of your guys like Ken Baseball and Kelly Oubre from last season. So I think those two games, just off the top, Sam, I'm, those I'm two still games, an Oubre. I'm still an Oubre believer. What is he doing Stop. nowadays? What's he doing nowadays? I think he's in Charlotte. Um, <laughs> oh, what was I going to say? I actually want to, now that you mentioned the Christmas Day game, I want to call out the game right before Christmas uh, against Memphis. Um, same COVID outbreak, just to be clear. Uh, they did not have, um, they did not have Wiggins. They did not have Poole. They obviously did not have Clay because he hadn't come back yet. Um, and uh, you know, Memphis had been talking. Memphis got the win early in the season against the Warriors, gave them their first L. And if you remember, that was a game where the Warriors got up 20 and the Grizz clawed back into it in typical Grizzlies fashion, forcing turnovers. And then Ja kind of got electric there and then just talking trash because hey, look, I'll give the Grizz this. Even after losing, they talk. So, um, so it was kind of like uh, – and, and they were hot at that point, and they were hot all season. So it's kind of like the Warriors going into Memphis – or sorry, it was uh, – sorry, it was at, it was at Chase. Uh, playing Memphis without two of their five starters and, you know, three of their top six, you kind of thought Memphis was going to steamroll on that, and you kind of thought the Warriors were going to lose the next game on Christmas. Well, what happens is we got one of Steph's best games of the season – 46 points, even though he was playing with three non-shooters most of the game. It was GP2, uh, Draymond, and Looney starting next to him with Otto Porter. It didn't really matter because Steph just went into one of those, you guys are good, but I'm better type of modes. And then on top of it, that was kind of when we started seeing the real emergence of GP2. He really made life difficult for Ja in that game. He did not play against the Grizz the first time through. That's also part of the reason Kerr was so mad when they cheap shot at GP2 in the playoffs because he knew GP2 was great against Memphis. He knew that was like a perfect matchup for him. Um, but yeah, on top of it, it was it was just one of those games where it was kind of like when Steph plays like that, it's just like you kind of have to drop everything you're doing. It's like I know you're at you know I know you're at your Festivus party or your company Christmas party, but like sorry, boss. Steph is hot right now, and I, I'm dropping everything for this. Yeah, um, which was also interesting that uh, the regular season, because I, I, we did this last week or, or the week before, and somebody asked us about the shooting slump. And uh, we forget that that in the beginning of the season, Steph was, was pretty much like standard MVP Steph, where he's shooting 45% from three, 50 from the field, and just, just ridiculous uh, carrying the team offensively. And, uh, and all of a sudden, it just fell apart. Uh, all of a sudden, it fell apart in the second half of the season. And that's why, like, so, so far, we have three games, right? We have the the first one against the Lakers. We have the Memphis game. Then we have the Suns game. Like, I, to me, those are good candidates. And I and I look in the in the second half of the season. Uh, I was looking at it earlier today. Sam, I don't see a game in the second half of the season. Because to me, it felt like second of that half of the season was like, all right, can we integrate? Uh, can we reintegrate Clay? Can we get Poole bought in? 
And then lastly, can we get Draymond and Steph healthy? That's what it felt like the second half of the season for. None of the 20, 30 games in the second half to me was like, all right, this is a championship team. I remember thinking, holy shit, they might not win the first or second round if these guys just don't get healthy. That, that's what I remember about the second half. That's, that's a great point. Like, literally, we got Clay back and then Draymond. <laughs> Same day. Same and, day. Yeah. They got 11 seconds. It was it was a ceremonial, I'm just going to be out there for the opening tip because it's a big moment, you know? And then um, and then they try to integrate Clay in. And, you know, so much of what they do with Steph and, Dray- Steph and Clay requires Draymond, you know? It requires uh, a point forward. So you have those two wreaking havoc. So it's always weird without uh, Draymond, especially – you know, Clay missed a lot of time. Like he, he was always going to have a little like up and down figuring it out anyway. Right. And then Steph gets hurt. And then Jordan Poole's trying to figure out where he fits into this whole puzzle after really, really being kind of a breakout player in the entire NBA, the first 30 games of the season. And it's just kind of like, you're right. It's, it's wild that they were able to pull it off when Steph did not play the final 15 games. They just, they, they didn't get the whole roster together all, all season. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's kind of fair. By the way, we probably should have mentioned the Brooklyn game. I know we just like skipped right over it, but they beat the shit out of. Maybe it was kind of just like a cool game because remember that's Brooklyn why that's why KD wants Nash and Marks out. <laughs> Obviously, it's, it it couldn't possibly be his Kyrie or Harden's fault. You know, can, can we talk about that story for for maybe two three minutes here? Because yeah. uh, what the hell is going? What is going on? Did do, do really yeah, say? Get your, Get your wind horse on. <laughs> what is going on? What, what is going yeah. well, I have no sources. I'm like, I'm just very confused uh, about a guy uh, that has four years left on the contract. It, it's getting pretty obvious that Joe Sy is, is going to say, screw you. We're not going to trade you just because just you're asking me to. Uh, all of a sudden, he's saying, choose me or the coach and the GM. And he's making it public, which doesn't necessarily help trade value. And now every team that goes to to Josiah and Sean Mux are saying, well, we're not going to give you anything that matters because this guy is not going to play. And you're going to tank if he's not going to play. You're going to lose more value the more time you wait. And we're just going to sit here until you decide, right, to, to, to give in to his demands. So everybody's kind of feels like they're in a losing situation. I, I don't know. Like the thing with LeBron, when he makes decisions, I always feel like even though they're, they're annoying and, and they're not, you know, they're not that as interesting as I think people think it is, at least not the media does, but at least he, he's really smart about it. Like there's, there's a plan around what LeBron well, they, is doing. It doesn't feel like KD has one right now. Well, it's, it just, with LeBron, it's more calculated yes, and decisive. Yes, yes, you yes, know what I mean? Exactly. Like, it's just kind of like, we're doing this. Andy and Sam may think it's corny, but I'm doing it. And you can't stop me. Whereas this is just like, I, what do you, what do you think's happening here? You have four years left on your contract you're, you know, like you have very little leverage in this situation and it's just, uh, it's just, it's just poorly thought out. Poorly thought. God. And, and anyway, I just, I, I, I don't understand it. Um, it seems like the warriors aren't in it. So, so there's that, but, um, I don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone's in it for the reason, for the reason, well, no, everyone's looking at it through the same lens you are, which is like, this is going to get even more miserable. What do you mean we're getting, we're, not, we're not giving you like four picks and four players? You know, just kind of like we're we're just going to wait this out until you get to such a toxic place. You'll give them to us for like, you know, 
uh, Mikel Bridges in a pick or something. You know, you know what I mean? Like it, it, why would you, why would you not just wait this one out? You know, like everything about it screams holding pattern because do do you think any of this, do you think like, do you think like Katie and Josiah are going to make up here? No, no. If I, if I know a, a first gen, uh, Asian American, uh, not even, is he, is he first gen I think, or is it uh, gen zero? Like what's it? By the way, I, I've always, I think he's Canadian actually. I don't even think he's American, but yeah, this is a, um, this is a point of contention is first gen, the gen who immigrates over or is first gen, the first generation born here? Like first in other gen, words, are first you, gen not, me. are you, first gen is me. First gen me. would be yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but some people would say we're second gen and our parents are first gen. I don't think so. I, first gen, I, the former, right? Like I've always considered myself first gen. It's like, I think that's a generation where, here, think of it this way. First gen is the generation where you don't have the accent anymore. Because <laughs> my mom and dad want to speak English. They, they can't really. <laughs> so I yeah. consider the first gen the, the kids who can, uh, who's English first language or technically is English first language. So, so I don't know Omar, what Omar, is. <laughs> Omar brings up the point saying us fresh off the boat, immigrants are just immigrants. So technically our parents are fobs and we're first gen. Yes. Is that, that's, is that the formal, is that the formal rule? <laughs> we're gonna, I'm going to go with this going forward. I'll, you know, shout out Omar for giving us a clarification there. <laughs> Um, where were we on? Where were we on? Josai, KD. Oh, back to that game that happened though. Uh, you remember the Nets, <laughs> the Nets crowd that was cheering for Steph. You remember that, right? Like now, I'm kind of annoyed that we didn't bring it up first. But like that, that was a game where two teams were were in first place, and the Brooklyn Nets were still like a real basketball team and not a joke. And and Steph kind of goes in there and just uh just pretty much says, "Hey, I'm the best player in the world." Like there's James Harden, there's Kevin Durant. It just doesn't matter. I'm the best player. And uh, uh, just kind of showed showed that the Warriors were contenders. So that was that was probably I would say uh, one out of the four in the regular season. Since I'm not going to choose anything in the in the in the second the half of the season, do you have any other games? Yeah, do you have any other games that that you would think? I would think uh, we should make one playoff shout out. Typically, I would say playoffs don't count yeah. for this, but because they. Basically, the whole second half of the season was kind of an injury, like shit show. There's no other way around it, you know. Um, they used the first two rounds to figure out who they were, and I do think it's fair, maybe, to bring up uh, some of those early playoff games. Don't give me Game Four against Boston. That's like, <laughs> I, yeah, it's like, I knew they're gonna be title <laughs> champs. It's like way to go out on a limb, buddy. You know, like they're in the NBA Finals. They're in yeah. it. I can see it. I can see the argument. Um, I, what about Memphis game one? That's the one. Okay. Why, why, don't you the talk one. Me, why don't you talk me through it? Right. That's, that's the one because Denver felt like it was, I mean, some people might've thought there was some, some, you know, problem challenges there with Nikola Jokic, but it always felt like they were too injured. Um, Memphis was the one where you and I sat here for six months from pretty much the moment that they played in the regular season where we realized they were contenders all the way to the end of the regular season. And we were like, you know, I, I think Memphis is probably a bigger deal for the Warriors than the Phoenix Suns. And so they end up playing him in the second round. Memphis is completely healthy. The that, by the way, that, completely that, offended, healthy. that offended a lot of people. Suns fans, I stayed, specifically. I stayed, uh, and, some, and some national people. And any, anyway, back to the oh, story. I, I just, and that was the game where it, it held true to form. Uh, the game was close the entire way. Draymond gets kicked out of the game in peak postseason Draymond fashion. Uh, I still think it was bullshit. 
but he gets kicked out of the game because he's Draymond. The offense, which looked terrible, suddenly looks a whole lot better without him clogging the paint. Uh, and the Warriors end up winning that game in the final minute when Steph, uh, uh, Steph and, and Clay get a couple stops on John Moran. And and funny enough, we can kind of maybe base this on the Light Years podcast downloads. That may have been our highest uh, listener kind of count for the postseason, uh, not counting the championship one. Uh, and, and I think to me that rang true because that was the game where we all sat here and said, holy shit, they just stole one on the road against Memphis. They are for real. They are healthy. They did it without Draymond. Uh, and, and from there, it felt like they were a real championship team. Yeah, um, that was the first game in which we blo- broke 1,000 concurrent listeners on Spotify Live. Um, I have access to all our backend numbers, so I can tell you which ones are the <laughs> biggest ones. But just so you know, in the regular season, the Lakers, the Nets, and the Suns on Christmas were our most downloaded episodes. So um, I- I'm not surprised after the Orlando Magic April 3rd <laughs> was not, but you know. You know, it just it, I do think um, the fan base tends to sense when there's big moments and we get more people hopping in when those things happen. Um, but, yeah, the, that Memphis game, uh, what I really remember about it was Clay just being a champion in some ways because he was not good that game. He was really nope subpar, but he hits the go-ahead shot – and then after getting torched by Jaw for a lot of the game, he makes the adjustment to contest and, you know, he might have got a piece of ball. that last shot that Jaw had, which Jaw should have made to win the game. So he had the defensive stand to win the game. And it's those type of moments where I'm like, man, you know, it's really frustrating watching Clay shoot four for 20. You know, it's really, it just is. No other way around it. But when you see him do that stuff, when you remember this is a guy who a lot of players, when they when they play that poorly, it, it shakes their confidence and they they fought a game. And, you know, he, he's he's not built that way. He's he's been in the biggest moments and nothing's going to nothing's going to waver his confidence, even after two and a half years of injuries. Um, that was one of those games where I was like, you know, he's say what you want. But how many guys do you trust? to stick with it when they play that poorly in those moments. Like he, it, that's a, that takes kind of a special mentality. Yeah, it does. Uh, it, it really does. And he played 40 plus minutes that game where, and you, we forgot about him being hurt by that time. Funny enough too, Clay shits the bed in game two, obviously comes back in game six, game six, Clay at home uh, and, and closes out Memphis. That series was a roller coaster. I mean, was, was that, I know the Boston series was obviously more stressful, but that Memphis series was, the Warriors played like crap, even I, when they did, won. I, I'll give Memphis this. They played the perfect role of the young team trying to get under your skin. Because the entire series, I was just like, man, man these guys are really annoying. You know, there, there's just a lot of like on uh, Taylor Jenkins. And like, there was just a lot of, they, they played the perfect villain there. And it, it was a stressful series. In other words, it, it felt like, like there was a rival, like there was a little Cavs bite to it where you can yeah. start sort of see the Warriors not liking them and uh, Memphis not liking them back. I don't think we ever got that in Boston. I, I don't think, I don't think there was like a, a we don't like you. I, th- I think Draymond and, and Jason Tatum, some of those guys just like each other too much. And so I don't yeah, think Marcus that's going to happen. Smart, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's like there's a lot of mutual respect there, so that was never going to happen. But with Memphis, it was like, yeah, I mean, Steph and Ja, like, they like each other, but it's like, it's not a, uh, it's not like a, hey, we're boys type of thing. So you can see that kind of, yeah, you can see that kind of grow. So I, hey, man, like, I hope we see that series again next postseason. Hopefully Ja's healthy this time around. But uh, yeah, that game won. That game one was probably the one game in the postseason we can point to. Because cause after that, I don't know, Sam, like Dallas, like, was that ever in doubt? No. Uh, and then once you get to the NBA Finals, you're just like, okay. I mean, you could you could say after Game Three, like we forget Game Three how stressed out we all were. The Warriors down two one, Steph is hurt. Like, I mean, shit, <laughs> the sky's falling, uh, right? But uh, but I mean, you're in the NBA Finals, so I I, I don't know. I, I think if we got to pick one, it feels like Memphis Game One is the one of the postseason where it's like, boom, they win. It feels like they're gonna win the championship. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take it to the goons. Sure. I'm curious to hear what they have to say. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get to Grant. Grant, what's up, bro? All right. I have a a sort of breaking the question. Um, which game did I realize that the 2022 champion Warriors was a possibility? I just remember being an Oracle for game six of 2019, watching Alfonso McKinney just get fucking wrecked by Kawhi Leonard play after play after play. And thinking if we, like we didn't need Kevin Durant, we just needed a remotely competent small forward that was taking up a max slot or more like, you know, money. And we could be legit. Like, that was what I was thinking. It was just so frustrating to see that and a team just completely out of legs. Clay goes down, all that. So, like, that part was really frustrating. And, like, you could just tell that, like, you know, Steph just had no nobody to run with by the end of that series. Even Iggy was just really not who he was. I mean, he's kind of been washed up for a few years now. And all that aside, I think my real answer is the game. I forget if it was game five or six in against Memphis when Wiggins had a crazy amount of rebounds and we just destroyed them in the rebounds. Like, oh, this team can turn a weakness, you know, the size against Memphis into a strength that is like real championship medal. And I was like blown away by that. Great call, Grant. I think that was game six because game five was um, the one where the Warriors got just destroyed by what was it? 40? Or something like that. Game Down five, 55, right? Some game five, story. Game five. I, I had a lot of disgust for the Warriors. I'll put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, but they bounced back. And, and yeah, they, they, they turned it around. So, you know, championship resolve. Aaron's back. Aaron, what's up, bro? Hey, hey, hey. Can, yeah, you, I can hear you. What's going on? Oh, sweet. Finally, finally. Okay. So, 
I feel that when you ask that question about how we knew, I'm sure that we're talking about how we really felt in our gut because we really didn't know until they held the trophy. Of course. Until the buzzer shouted. But, uh, man, as a Warrior fan, I want to say that it was at the open scrimmage in which I had the privilege of being able to attend courtside. The energy in that building, even though there was maybe, what, 500 people in there and Clay wasn't playing because he was sick, the energy was just out of this world. And this was before even preseason. And what I, what I felt was we had two years of just trash and it's time to get back to business. And riding that wave into the season, I mean, it, it speaks for itself. You, you brought up the Laker game. That the Lakers being that main team that had bigs who can switch wings, who could switch and stay on the floor with the Warriors, and how we approached that game was just it 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 uh it set the precedent for the rest of the the next twenty games in the eighth game too. As a betting fan, I want to say that it really wasn't for me as a betting fan. It really wasn't until Wiggins decided to he actually discovered that he could rebound better than anybody on that court in the finals. And he went out on, he went out on, uh, I think it was Iguodala's podcast after game five. Yeah. And he was like, wait, I could do this. Let's, let's just do it again. And he replicated that in game six. And as, as a basketball fan, I will say that I did have some type of relief when Luca decided to become a father to Chris Paul and Devin Booker. In <laughs> and he was like, you know what? Warriors, you don't even got to worry about them. Take care of it myself. And look, I'm going to be real. Like, as a basketball fanatic, I love the way the Phoenix Suns played basketball. They just played really good basketball. And we, I want to say that they were a good matchup against us. But then again, it is CP3. And, and something comes out of step every time they compete against each other. But, um, and then the superstitious fans. They knew once Kendrick Lamar dropped the album, it was a wrap. <laughs> Sources, is he working on a new album? I saw that go across the timeline. I'm like, do I have to bet on the repeat? Is that what's going on? Right? Yeah. I didn't know Sam was a Kendrick fan, by the way. Jesus, I learned something new every day. Wow. Not like that, but I did see um, – look, everyone's aware that the Warriors have won a title every year he's released an album. Um, so when I got a – when I saw it coming across, and I got to thank the – Warrior Twitter goons for really keeping me informed on this. Let's be honest. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, okay, all right, well, you all know, right. five, five for five. Let's do it. Uh, um, right. If I if if the last album I listened to was Section 80, how behind am I? The followers, maybe the goons will let me know. Am I like eight albums behind? Ten? <laughs> am I living in 2008? Four. Four. All right. <laughs> Jesus. All right, Zach, what's up, man? Hey guys, can you hear me? All right. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, so uh, I think you named like all the best games, but I have two in the back end of back end of the season that I fucking loved. Um, they called the kids are all right. Yes. The kids are all right games. Uh, well, we took it to two of the best coaches, according to everybody. The Heat game when we caused like a fight on their bench. Oh, that's uh, right. That was the one where Udonis <laughs> Haslam was ready to just fight Jimmy Butler mid game. Yeah. Or in the fourth quarter. Really. I was so hyped during that game. It was like Jordan Poole went insane. He went Curry mode. And then uh, the Spurs comeback game. I just think was Shout out Looney. Awesome. Yeah, and, and Moody getting that, that rebound at the end. And that 
that shot uh, by Jordan Poole to, to clinch it. I was like, those those two games were like out of nowhere, really, really fun, especially the Heat game because we sucked the rest of that road trip. Great, great call out, Zach. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, those were fun games. I mean, it was a fun season, injuries aside. Uh, Gio, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, yes, sir. Yeah, so I got to say, I was a, skept- a skeptic, like, to be honest, but, like, when the media chose, like, Chris Paul's sons, like, to beat us in any sort of way, I believe, like, then, because, like, no one held a step would lose to Chris Paul ever. Like, 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 I, like, I couldn't see that ever happening. So that's when I believe. But like, I'm, still, I'm still not sure how they pulled this off, but, like, I, I believe in Steph, so that as long as Steph is on the team, I believe that they, they could always, like, pull this off. So that's, that's, that's what I believed. I love it. Yeah, right. I love I love the call. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think in general we all agree with that. It's like as long as you have Steph, there's got to be some level of belief. They're always just like a little tweak away from being right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and that was to me that's what was cool about like the Laker game this year because it was like they play the Lakers in the play-in. Steph's the best player on the court. I don't care if LeBron hit the shot at the end of the game or AD had a great game. Steph was the best player on the court that game. Um, and he played a phenomenal game, uh, and it wasn't enough because they were so bad around him, right? Uh, and this game, that's how you know that, that they were a different team. He had a poor game shooting the ball, and and they won. You know, that's 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 the team right there. Um, let's move forward. William, what's up, man? Uh, so there were t- most people kind of already gave like all the gems, so I'll give two. Uh, in particular, one was the Atlanta game. That was early in the season when Steph dropped 50. And I say the Atlanta game mainly because I was really annoyed that they blew that Memphis game so bad. It's like, oh, that was the Andy Lou 9 and 1 game. Yeah, exactly. So it's oh, like, that's love. If you're trying to build championship habits, you can't be blowing. They're too dumb. So that's fine. But anyway, they had to pick it up somehow, and Steph dropping a 50 ball it is top tier in Especially when you have Trey Young in trying to duel with Steph as well. It was definitely a fun game as well. Uh, but the second game I actually went, it was against the Jazz, the last Jazz game, uh, when they decided in the fourth quarter where they can't miss from three. And it was like, yo, at some point, regardless of if Steph is healthy or not, somebody around Steph has to figure it out. And that was the game where they started to figure things out. And probably the Suns game in particular, the previous game, when Draymond decided that he actually had to care. But the Jazz game was in particular was the game where they said enough was enough. They had to. They can't get embarrassed by the Mormons, bro. That that can't happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the call. That's a good call out. That Jazz game at the end of the season was really fun. It was uh, that was maybe Clay's best game in the regular season. Yeah, and and you know you remember they were they were on a losing streak right before yeah. before the end there. They just they couldn't find a way to win games, and I was panicking, and Sky was falling. You know how Warriors Twitter is, and. And everything, and then they go ahead and win the last like six teams in a row. Uh, that including it, if you remember that Utah team was falling apart, uh, and, and that and yeah, too. So that was one of those. That's when I knew. Um, that was one of the games Utah's where I'm like, coach. yeah, this U- this Utah thing isn't isn't lasting yep. for much longer. Yep. <laughs> yep. Luke, what's up, my man? Oh, it's all right. How you going, boys? Just walking to work. Nice, nice, uh, sure. nice sunny day. Let's start work. I um, 
What about, I was gonna, I'll throw a curveball out there. How about the Bulls game? The very first one at home when everyone was going, oh, this is the year for the Bulls. The Bulls are looking good. And you had Windhorse and all the bloody people that Warriors haters going, gee, there's new teams this year. They're all looking great. I don't know. Steph's all right. It's all good. Then he dropped 40 on their ass. And then that's when I was like, oh, hang on. They're going to start making excuses now. Oh, Phoenix is the most clutch <laughs> team ever. It's all good. Oh, it's all right. Look out. I can't, they, can't, they can't be beaten, surely. But I remember that Bulls game because the hype was so real with the prime time. And the, I remember that crowd. And that was that iconic photo. You remember, boys, where they do the whole, he looked away and did that mad three in those blue outfits. Actually, but, um, that's it. that game. Yeah. I want to give that game, Luke, appreciate the call. I want to give that game a shout out because Andy and I actually went to that game together. Um, shout, right. out tick, shout out Tick Pick for, uh, for getting us there, courtside, of course. By the um, way, still still use Tick Pick. Uh, going to the Killers yes. concert in a couple of weeks. Shout out Tick Pick. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I remember, I remember watching them Draymond turn it on in the third quarter defensively, like being like, I am back in 2015, 16. This is, this is Nirvana. This is like, it reminded me of, it it reminded me so much of the 2015, 16 season when they, um, when Draymond and and Steph were just like, it's over. You know, we're we're done. We're done. Zach Levine, you're cute. It's, but it's over. You know? (laughs) Well, you know that I'm not saying Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker's better than DeMar DeRozan. But it just when you watch DeMar DeRozan and every single year, it's the same story. DeMar DeRozan hits a bunch of mid-range jumpers and he averages 35 points a game. Gets to the elbow. Three weeks into this. <laughs> right. And you're just everybody's like, oh, my God. Nobody's doing this. All people do is shoot threes. This is the next Kobe slash MJ. He's going to be different from everyone else. And every single year, DeMar DeRozan is a fraud. When it comes to being this true star, right? He's a really good basketball player. He he, he deserves yeah, he's, he's not whatever a, he makes. He, he, right? November, they want to elevate him to that level. And by April, where he's back where he, you know. Yeah. Very good. He's a very good player, but you're not that guy. Exactly. And that's like that Chicago game. It just, it, just watching it, like you said, now he's on a new team and, and everything. And it's just like, yeah, no, it's the same old, same old DeMar. It's the same old Bulls. Oh, we got special guest. Producer Tim. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's, what's going on? You know, just, just enjoying, enjoying happy hour on a Wednesday. What's up, Tim? Man, so, all right. So staying on topic. I guess the game that did it for me was the game against Milwaukee. Uh, if you guys remember, because because you know, like Clay, I think he was, I think that was like a couple weeks after Clay mm-hmm. came back, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously Draymond was out, but just looking up the box score real quick, he he scored thirty eight, eight fourteen from three, and to add on to that, Jordan Poole scored thirty, and was like. Kaminga, that was like that was another sneaky Kaminga game, fourteen and eleven. Like the team in rebounding. That was so the I game think, where Steph they didn't they didn't let Steph shoot, right? That was the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yes. only yeah he only had eight points, three three of seven. <sighs> so I think I think that game because you know going into at least that part of this that part of the season, you know, people were saying they were saying you know Milwaukee's still the favorite. So I was kind of. Measuring it from that standard, how the Warriors are doing. That's right. That was I. I remember that game. That was a. Uh, I went to that one as well. That was a 
great clay game. And yeah, that's Tim. Appreciate appreciate producer. That was a great. That was a great. uh, It's a great pick, by the way. He is. Um, He is right because they played just the most. Also, that reminded me of the title years when they play these ridiculously gimmick defenses on staff. That's when you know, like, oh, they're they're gonna win this game. Like, literally, they just have to figure out who's open, and it's it's done. Omar, what up? What up? You can hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Sure. What's going on, man? Okay, so I don't know if anybody mentioned this, but my personal favorite game and the one where I knew we were gonna win the championship was Game Two against Dallas. Hmm. Um, you know, we kind of blew them out the first game, and we tend to do that. Like, um, you know, we've seen that before. But game two in particular, where, you know, we heard all the excuses of, you know, nobody can guard Luca. The other guys aren't going to be missing open shots. And they were hitting everything. They were, like, destroying the net. Jalen Bunsen had 20. Luca was cooking. Everybody was cooking. And we were down, like, 15, 17 and made a comeback and just stole it from them. And I remember that game specifically because it was on a Friday. And everybody was talking about us like we were food for the Mavs. And because it was heading into a weekend, there was just like radio silence for the weekend. And, you know, I was looking forward to hearing, um, hearing the excuses. But um, obviously that's all been retcon now where somehow the maps were never that good to begin with. But that was my personal favorite. I love that call out. And by the way, shout out Omar for for bringing up everyone picking the Mavs pre-series and then just by mid-series pretending they never said it. That's my favorite. It's like, it's like, it's a lot of people you and I like, like, or friendly with. There's so many Mavs in six, Mavs in this. And then, you know, by game three, they're like, yeah, no, this is, this is a five game series. It, it was pretty obvious <laughs> too. I think, I think neither you and I, you nor I were that worried. I mean, we had Kirk Henderson on the call and, and it's like, if Dallas fans haven't been in the postseason in a long time, or at least that deep. So I think they felt like they were, they were confident, which was great. I think you and I sat here and we're just like, dude, we've seen the Warriors play these teams so many times, these type of teams. And unless you're telling me that Luka Doncic is, is prime LeBron James, like I'm not that worried uh, about it. So yeah, game two is a good one. I, I accidentally muted myself earlier, but I wanted to talk about the uh, producer Tim's Milwaukee game a little bit. That was the game where, it, it felt like that three-guard lineup of Steph, Clay, and Poole uh, was unstoppable offensively. Now, and now I think there's there's more levels to it. I think the Warriors can still get better with those three guys in the lineup. And sometimes it's still unplayable, right, in certain series. But that game to me felt like a holy shit. You actually can't guard all three guys uh, if, they're, if, they're, if they're on the floor at the same time. And like you said, if Milwaukee's going to throw a bullshit defense out, out at there, that's the one guy you can't do bullshit defenses against Steph because he'll just say, I'll score eight points. I don't care if it hurts my scoring average. We're about to beat you by 15. And that's all that matters. And so, uh, yeah, that, that game felt like a, maybe a little shift. And then Kevon Looney, if you remember, played great defense on Giannis in that game. Uh, had a couple blocks there against him. Uh, so that was a precursor, if you will, uh, for, for the postseason Kevon Looney that, that we all just witnessed. Playoff Loon. All right, we're going to end it with the closer. McWalters, my man. What's yo, up? Yo, what's up? Andy, you totally stole my thunder. That's what that's what I was about to bring up. <laughs> um was was the Milwaukee game. That and, and, and you know, um Kaminga had a good game that in that one as well. Right. He he, he kind of came off of the, of the bench, had a nice little second quarter burst for the team. It was it was one of those times where you're like, Oh, that's the potential. I can see where that's going. And you know, you know me, I always like the the young guns there, so I'm a little biased. 
But hey, we, I thought I was behind the team the whole time talking to all you folks at the end of all these calls in why you can't panic, why you don't worry about this darn team. So there, there wasn't like a single game, right? You just got to you just gotta see where it's going and know that you have the best darn guy in the NBA on your team. So we're always going to be the team at the top of the contention board because we got the darn best player. And it's as simple as that. And it's going to be the same thing next year. So everyone in the league better take notice. We're coming for your asses. McWalters, no better way to end the show. Appreciate you all. You know the deal. We'll be back next week. It's fun, Andy. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.